Hola chicas. Bienvenidas a la charla. I'm Isela, a wife, teacher, entrepreneur, and new mommy to my sweet baby boy, Logan Jace. I'm Lily. I'm a teacher, daughter, and engaged to a wonderful man. Somos dos Latinas from Texas, loving life and living it up. Acompáñanos as we chat all things mujer. Makeup, libros, food, familia, and just bringing you into our everyday lives. So grab your cafecito and let's chat. On today's Bocadillo, listen in as I talk about my travels to Tulum, Mexico, and Quintana Roo. All of these tips and tricks will get you around the Cancun craziness and take you to a secluded part of the peninsula that is Tulum, Mexico. So if you want to avoid all of the tourists that head out to Cancun, listen in as we talk about our adventure. Hola, bienvenidos a La Charla. So we are going to talk about my recent travels to Tulum, Mexico. And I felt like it was important to talk about this because there were so many pros and cons about how I planned our vacation. And I just wanted to share that with you guys, our listeners, so that you can plan your trip to Tulum if it's been on your bucket list agenda. So um, there are many things that I'm going to share. So if I were you, I would sit down, get a pen and paper, get your cafecito and listen in because there's so much to cover. So um, let me just start off by saying that uh, one of my annual bucket list items, like every single year, no matter what, I'm starting to put, you know, travel to a new place. It doesn't matter where it is. If it could be in the States, it can be out of the country. It doesn't matter where I go, but my whole um, vision board, I guess, uh, goal, my biggest vision board goal overall is for myself and my family to travel to, to new places, to someplace new every year. So one of our bucket list items was Tulum, Mexico in uh, Quintana Roo. And and if you know the Quintana Roo area, that whole area is highly touristy travel. Like everybody and anybody and their abuelita and great abuelita and everybody else on the planet travels to Cancun all the time. And there's Playa del Carmen, there's Cozumel, there's all of those places that are out there. But one of the most recently, not discovered, I wouldn't say discovered, but it's uh, ever more popular uh, locations that's growing in popularity every day as we speak is Tulum, Mexico. And uh, Tulum, Mexico is about an hour and a half drive away from the Cancun International Airport. Um, and we chose this place because one of my dear friends has an Airbnb out there. So we decided to try it out. And it was one of the best decisions that we ever made. So on my travels were, of course, my husband and my son, because I don't travel anywhere without them. And my mom, mi mamá, you know, that's one of my other bucket list things to do is to take her somewhere new every single year and continue our travels alongside mi mamá, querida. And um, and one of my very, very, very best friends, Blanca, I've talked about her many times on the podcast. She is my partner in crime at work, partner in crime in the gym, and then partner in crime outside of work in the gym. <laughs> so um, we took the trip and we met up with mi tío, mi tía, and mi prima in Cancun. And then we drove out to Tulum and stayed in a beautiful home um, that is on Airbnb. And I will definitely share all those details with you guys in case you really want a wonderful place to stay on your travels to Tulum. So let me go ahead and jump into the booking flight part of this segment or of this conversation topic, because that was one of the most daunting things that I had to do and kind of gamble with throughout planning our trip to Tulum. Um, we decided we wanted to go to Tulum this spring break, which was a couple of weeks ago. We went from the 11th to the 16th of March, which was my spring break. And um, we had decided to go to Tulum back in the summer. So around Ju June, July is when we made the decision. Yes, we're going to go ahead and book the Airbnb and we're going to plan for a spring break. So it gave us a solid like six months, six, seven months ish to um book our flights, our car rental, da 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 da, da todo eso. So anyway, I looked at flights over the summer, about six months, six to seven months in advance, and the flight, the cheapest flight that I found was about 399 
That was the absolute cheapest flight I found, which is not bad. But if you are a frequent flyer to Cancun, you know that it gets as low as like one ninety nine or like two fifty to fly um, round trip. It's about two and a half hour flight. So guys, it's that it's really affordable. But we've got to realize we were going during one of their peak seasons, which is spring break time. So the spring is part of their peak season. So um, I made the biggest mistake ever and decided to wait. I decided to wait to see if my flight would drop a little bit more because I was using that whole theory of um, the closer you get to your um, flight departure dates, the more your flight is going to drop in price. Well, that was a huge, huge mistake um, in particular with traveling to Quintana Roo area during spring break. Come on, guys, spring break. You have all the college kids around the world trying to get there. Um, this is like the party capital, I would say, of the world, to be honest with you. The beach destination of the world for college kids, for spring break, for all of that madness. And um, tu amiga here decided to wait. And I took the advice of like friends and my husband y todo, y todo esta estábamos de acuerdo. You know, oh, let's wait, let's wait, let's see if it goes down. Big mistake. Um, by January, uh, the cheapest flight that I found was about $430 and it was going up and I decided to just pull the plug and buy it in February, which I ended up paying about $500, which is double in price for what a flight costs typically to go to Cancun, um, which is no bueno to me. I was like, oh man, I could have saved a lot more money, but oh well, it is what it is. Our, our uh, trip was closely uh, or quickly approaching and I really needed to get my flight down packed. So we did. Um, we went ahead and bought it and which thank God I did because as the days got closer and closer, it was up to a thousand dollars. I think that was like the cheapest cost that I found for a flight that included tons of layovers. So with that being said, we still had to have a layover. We had a layover in uh, Fort Lauderdale. We flew out of Dallas, Fort Worth, DFW International Airport. We flew to Fort Lauderdale, which took us an hour to get there. It wasn't too bad. And then we connected over into... Um, Cancun. The flight to get there wasn't bad at all. I think it was a total of like four hours con layovers y todo. Y fue super, super fácil. You know, it wasn't bad at all. The return flight was a different story because I had waited so long to book my flight. Um, we had a layover in, guys, this is going to blow your mind. We had a layover in Baltimore. Like we flew to freaking Baltimore and it took us three hours and 30 minutes to get there and then we had 55 minutes to jump on the next plane that was going to make it into DFW which was another two hours and 30 minutes so needless to say we reluctantly spent our entire day like in airports and flying and going through customs and going through TSA I don't think I've been through TSA so much in my life well I have but you know what I mean like in one day it was insane amounts of TSA security checks and da 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 and da 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 and mind you guys I had my three-year-old son with me so he was kind of like he was such a trooper but he was still like whiny and of course it's natural you travel with the child that's what's going to happen he was tired he really wanted to get home um I didn't have any issues with him on the plane because he was excited you know we get him all like kind of pumped up to go on a plane he thinks he's going on a rocket ship it's so super fun for him so we got him his favorite snacks we got him you know his ipad chock full of what he needed to watch all of this different stuff este, you know it wasn't too too bad um and if you want more uh tips on how to travel with a toddler i have uploaded that uh bocadillo previously so it is on our episodes lists for available episodes on traveling with kids so i highly recommend if you're traveling with a toddler toddler go and listen to that episode because it's so super important for you to be prepared and for the little ones to be prepared as well so anyway we traveled all day long and we didn't get home till 10 p.m at night i was super starving like it was I was tired. Um, side note, I got sick that day that we were traveling back. Um, I was fine all week long. I had the best time. Like I got out of my comfort zone. I did so many things that were on my bucket list to do. 
and we checked them all off our bucket list y un día antes de regresar estábamos en, en el mar, fuimos a la playa fuimos a la playa paraíso de Tulum que estaba hermosísima by the way, y este, había comprado una agua peña fiel de naranja y si sabes que es la peña fiel es diferente a la peña fiel que venden aquí en los Estados Unidos, la de allá está bien natural, so I got that agua mineral, you know, mineral water that was flavored with orange, like natural orange. <laughs> and we had bought all these snacks to go to the beach. So we were excited. We got there and they have a restaurant like um, like waiters and waitresses y todo eso that, that you can order from a menu and they'll bring you out everything that you order while you're on the beach, like lounging. It's totally amazing, guys. But anyway, let me finish this and I'll tell you about that. Anyway. So we get there and they're like, you can't take stuff in. You have to buy from the menu and stuff, which was fine with us. But I left all of my drinks and snacks y todo eso en el carro. So I left everything in there and I hadn't opened the the mineral water. I hadn't opened it or anything like that. Opened it. Opened. Opened it. Anyway, whatever. Um, when I talk fast, my, my words come out a little silly, but whatever. Anyway, so what I did when I got home after a long day at the playa, I took all the drinks and I stuck them in the refrigerator big bad mistake i don't do that every day i don't do that in the united states why would i do that in another country and think that it was okay crazy 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 because of course my drinks were hot they were super boiling hot um because they were sitting in a hot closed car all day long while we're at the beach so you know i put them in the refrigerator and the next morning about an hour before we had to be at the airport i grabbed one and i was the only one to grab this drink The rest of them, like, we didn't even drink them. We didn't do anything. Nobody else drank any of them or anything like that. So I grabbed one and I drank about, a, not even half of the bottle, like a quarter of it. And it just tasted weird. It tasted funny. It just didn't taste like the ones I had had before. And I've drank Peña Fiel my whole life. Every time I go to Mexico, when I was a kid, Peña Fiel was my thing. So I was excited to drink it again while I was there. Anyway, the way I went about it was a big mistake because... By the time we were going through like airport check-in, I felt like I was hit by, like, not even airport check-in, like on the drive because Tulum is an hour and 45 minutes away from the airport. So we drove all the way there. I just started feeling really sick, really nauseous. Like my stomach was just jacked up. I just felt not, not okay at all. So um, we get there. And at check-in, I start sweating. I start getting the chills. I'm feeling super sick. Like my bones hurt. My whole body hurts. Everything. So the flight from Cancun to Baltimore was a nightmare. I tried to fall asleep and I know I started moaning because I felt like, I felt like, I don't know. I'm, I'm in the air, guys. I'm in a plane and I feel like, how in the heck, what if I need to go to a hospital? Like, what am I going to do? I just felt like I was hit by a train And I wanted to throw up, but I couldn't throw up. And I was shaking. I had, oh gosh, it was the most horrible experience ever. So fast forward to Baltimore. We get there. I get off the car or off the car. We get off the plane. And then um, we go through customs again. We go through TSA again, all this craziness. And I chug water and mi amiga Blanca había comprado un sandwich. And she gave me half, and I'm not going to lie to you guys, she saved me. I feel like that kind of just soaked everything up from whatever was going on in my stomach. I felt a little bit better, and then I just crashed out. Like, I fell asleep the rest of the flight home, you know, um, and it was it was okay. By the time I got home, I felt a little, you know, weird, and I did for the next couple of days. I literally rested, slept, took a shower, and laid on the couch, like, for two days straight because I needed it. But um, yeah, so don't do that. It's a scary experience. Don't do that anywhere. Don't do it in the U.S. or in Mexico or wherever you're going. Don't leave any bottles of any kind of anything in the car, anything edible in the car at all, ever, not even water, um, because it's really bad for you. Y yo no sé, me pasó un momento de titiri y lo hice, pero ni modo. Anyway, so let's move on <laughs> from that. And so the biggest tip, guys, book far in advance you want to get the best bang for your buck it's cheap to travel to mexico just do it in advance if you find a good fare get it right then and there get it done seal the deal yes todo uh, moving on so we decided to travel um via spirit because by the time that i booked it that's the only um flight that was cheap enough and not insanely overpriced we always fly american to be honest with you we also like flying alaska airlines pero um 
like when we go to the Pacific Northwest or when we went to Canada, things like that. But normally we fly American Airlines because we love doing the nonstop. They don't charge you for all this extra stuff. Of course, it's the fees are rolled into the cost of their flight. But, um, you know, we were at our last point of being able to purchase a ticket for a decent price. So we just went ahead and went with Spirit. Uh, this was the first time that I flew Spirit and I really was looking forward to seeing what was what the hype was about their fit fleet now their fit fleet is the airplanes that they have that are like the newest models of all the airlines right now to be honest with you i didn't see a big difference a lot of people say that the 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 planes are smaller they feel a little bit more tight claustrophobic there's not that much leg room um on the planes that we took to mexico that was not the case. I felt like it wasn't a much spa- more spacious plane that I normally travel on when I'm on American. So the plane was brand new, hermosísimo. There was plenty of space. My my feet leg room was perfect. Um, we did the personal item free. So um, what that is is basically you get to take one personal item for free and you can find the measurements online. And to be honest with you, at first I was a little scared because I was like, oh my gosh, well, I'm going to have to pay for a carry-on if I don't meet the uh, weight and the size requirements for my personal item. And that's going to cost me extra or I could check a bag and, you know, todas esas cosas que te cobran de todo. They do charge for everything. You don't have like free snacks, free drinks or anything like that. They charge you for everything, but it's not expensive. I'm going to be honest, it's not expensive. Um, not even the carry-on fee was expensive. You know, if you want to go that route, it's like $30 extra. Don't quote me. You need to check it out at spirit.com. But <laughs> if you do want to do a carry-on, it's not that more uh, that much more. And if you want to do a personal item and a carry-on, because you are a person who likes to shop like me, then I suggest you do that. Go ahead and take a carry-on, go ahead and pay for it, and then take a personal item bag that you can unfold like a tote where you can stuff it with all your goodies and you can stick it under the seat in front of you. So um, basically, I really thought it was going to be a pretty small bag, and it wasn't. It was like, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Disney World and every, I think it's annually, they change up their backpack, like they have a signature backpack for the season. Well, I got the one for 2017. It's a black backpack with all these different color Mickey Mouse heads all over it. And that backpack can swallow up some stuff. And guys, it was in the measurement requirements for a personal item bag, which can be carried on for free, can be taken for free on a splite, a splite. Oh, yeah, menomas. I need to slow down. Anyway, <laughs> on a spirit flight. <laughs> I could call it a splite, right? No. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, it was, it met all the measurements and it ate up all my clothes really quickly, really easily. I took a mini little backpack for my son and it fit all of his stuff perfectly in it. So like a standard size backpack is what you can, um, more than likely, like, you know, most of the time fit into the measurement requirements for a free personal item bag that you want to travel with on Spirit Airlines. So, um, if you are a light traveler and you know you can get everything into that backpack and then I totally 100% recommend that you do that. For me, um, I'm not going to lie to you, I found it a bit challenging and this is where I feel like I would probably splurge and pay a little extra for the American Airline flight. For me, it was difficult because not only did I have my backpack, I had my mom's backpack and me and my friend Blanca kept on like trading off holding my mom's because we don't, I mean, guys, she's 72 years old. I don't want her to be carrying all of that stuff for all that weight. Y luego tenía la mochila de mi hijo y luego mi esposo tenía su mochila y tenía el niño. So that was a lot. So to me, it's worth having your rolling suitcase carry on in American Airlines, or even to go ahead and pay that carry-on fee on Spirit. It's worth it because at least you're a little bit, yeah, you're hands-free with the backpack, but if you're running and connecting flights and doing all that, that can get tiring, especially if you have a kid with you. So um, Spirit, not too bad. Depends on what kind of person you are when you're with, when you're flying, but just make sure to book it way in advance, even if it's another airline. Book it way in advance so you get the most bang for your buck. Okay, so... Uh, I wanted to talk about renting a car in Tulum. My biggest, biggest, biggest tip about car rental when you are in Quintana Roo, especially during peak season, is to rent it in advance. I had heard a lot of um, people tell me that, oh, when you get there, you can rent a van, you can rent this, you can rent that. Um, You can use their public transportation, but once again, if you're in Cancun, that's fine. But if you're traveling to Tulum, that's an hour, 45 minutes away from the airport and it's going to be a lot easier for you to have your own car, 
to drive around over there. And to be honest with you guys, it's not that different. I mean, it's a little bit a little bit less regulated on how the driving goes in uh, Mexico, but if you can drive in the U.S., you can drive anywhere. So, <laughs> um, renting a car is going to be your best bet. And the reason I say this is because once we got there, um, my tia and tío they wanted us to upgrade our vehicle into like an SUV or something like that. And when we went up to the counter to try and make the switch, we had already had, you know, we, we had, um, what do you call it? Booked with Hertz. So no, not Hertz. It was budget. We had booked with budget and we had booked a small little compact car and, um, it was pretty cheap to rent the car, the daily rate, but the insurance was a different, um, that's a totally different issue, which I'll get to in just a minute. So anyway, we tried to upgrade our car to a bigger vehicle and they were like, we don't have anything. You're here during peak season. Like if anything comes available, you'll basically have to be waiting, like hanging around, you know, the airport all day waiting to see if something comes available. You'll be on like a wait list. Da, 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 da. Look, it's not worth the hassle. If you're going to rent a big vehicle, do it in advance. If you're going to rent a car, period, do it in advance. But if you know that there's a possibility you might want an SUV or like a full-size car instead of, or a mid-size car instead of a compact car, da-da-da-da-da, do it in advance. Because guys, you are on vacation. The last thing you want to do is to wait around an airport all day long for a car to become available. So that's one of my very, very biggest tips about renting a car. On top of that, be prepared for insurance fees. To be honest with you, I honestly feel like, um, okay, here's, here's an example. We went to Canada. We went to Canada and we rented a car. Easiest thing ever to do. Um, the rate was super duper cheap. It was a steal, to be honest with you. I couldn't believe how cheap it was for us to rent a car over there. And, you know, the insurance was super cheap versus Mexico. And I feel like when you go to Cancun, especially the prices are hiked on everything. A propósito, para sacar el dinero a la gente. I'm sorry. Touristy places are like that everywhere in the United States. I mean, dude, you can drop an easy three, four grand in Disney World. It's insane. The overcharging that these different touristy locations do to visitors, but it is what it is. You want to have fun? You got to pay the cost. Um, so anyway, be prepared to pay high, high insurance costs when you go to um, Quintana Roo because, man, the the car was nothing to rent. The insurance was insane. It was almost $400. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. And you have to pay it. Um, so be prepared for that. Be prepared with your credit card or whatever else you have to do and splitting it with your friends. Maybe that's the way to go. I don't know. But just beware of the high insurance costs when you rent a car in a touristy place in Mexico. Um, let's see. Another uh, tip that I have for you guys is if you do end up um, staying in a Airbnb or anything like that, I have two places that I highly recommend for you to stay at when you are in Tulum. Um, I recommend you either rent a place that's really close to the main strip. The reason being is because there is so much to do on the main drag. Like if you don't feel like driving far out to go somewhere, you know, to to go for whatever it is, shopping or or eating out or just walking around and, and you know, seeing different little shops y todo eso, stay by the main strip in Tulum because it's an easy little getaway to get out of wherever you're staying and just go do something fun. They have the best taquerias. They have all types of shops, like all types of artisanal shops. Um, so much to do, so much to see. It's so fun and it's just so relaxing. You can bike there. If you're staying close enough, you could just take a bike, go there, lock your bike up and walk around. You can take your car, park. You could even walk if you, if you are staying close enough. So I highly recommend that you stay there. The other location that I was thinking would be amazing to stay at. And this is more for those people. Like if you're going for a trip with your significant other, if you're going on an all girls trip, if you're going like on an anniversary trip, a birthday trip, something like that, I highly recommend that you stay at Boca Paila. And that's like this, um, it's like a road uh, in Tulum where there's a lot of restaurants, there's a lot of nightlife, but you're also going to see the very beautiful high-end huts and bungalows and beautiful places to stay um, when you are in Tulum, like gorgeous. 
And I'm going to get into that in just a moment. I'm going to talk to you a little bit more about Boca Paila, but that is for those people that really want that luxurious high-end experience of Tulum. Stay there because it is breathtaking. Um, now I want to talk a little bit about food. <laughs> Let me tell you something. And I'm just going to put it out there. And I'm going to be 100% honest. When I go to Mexico, I want to go and I want to eat the most authentic and delicious food that there is. For me, in my opinion, that is street food. I love the street food in Mexico. There's nothing like it. It's divine. So I went to a few restaurants and I had a not so good experience with those restaurants. Um, they just weren't, gosh, I'm not even going to mention the places because for me, they just, they just didn't, they weren't at all on the level of the amazing street food that you're going to find in Tulum. Um, so I went to three different restaurants they just didn't, they, they didn't hold up. So I decided that's it. I came for the street food. I'm going to keep it to street food. And that was the best thing I could have ever done. So what we did was we, we, um, stuck to all the taqueria vendors on the streets. Um, los elotes frescos. We went to the market in Tulum, the night market. They have this amazing, beautiful night market where it's kind of like a bazaar, to be honest with you. Pero ahí tienen tacos, tienen churros, tienen todo. Aguas frescas, tienen copas de fruta, todo, todo, todo lo que tú quieres, la mejor música. I mean, that's where the locals go. So stay away from the restaurants, guys. Unless you want to have like a nice night out, then I honestly don't recommend you eat Mexican food. Because that's what I did and I, it just wasn't great at all. So I recommend you go to like a steak place or something like that in Boca Paila. If you want to have like a nice experience or a nice restaurant dining experience on the beach, I recommend you do that instead. But the rest of your steak, get down and dirty, hang out with the locals, go to the street, um, carts and get yourself a taco, get an agua fresca, get yourself una soda mexicana, una coca cola mexicana and enjoy it because that's where all the good stuff is. So we're going to take a quick break. I will be right back because I have so much to share about our adventures in the loom. Welcome back, bienvenidos. Estamos hablando hoy entre el bocadillo sobre uh, mis viajes a Tulum, México. So we're talking about our travel tips for Tulum, México in Quintana Roo. If you are deciding to take the plunge and go there for a vacation, guys, you definitely will not be disappointed. So um, in the last segment, I was talking about um, what to eat, where to eat, and how to really get your palate to its full potential when you are in Tulum, Mexico. So um, I also wanted to mention a restaurant that we did go to because the rest of our restaurants were not a good experience, but I do want to give a shout out to El Milagrito, which is right off of the main strip, the main boulevard in Tulum. Um, it was right around the corner, to be honest with you. I just kind of ran into it because mi mamá y mi tía estaban comprando plata en una joyería. So we, um, no, plata no, es plata. No, no sé. Estaban comprando silver. Silver. No sé. No sé cómo se dice. But anyway, they were buying silver. And we were just kind of like walking around and enjoying everything. And uh, I happened to run across this uh, restaurant that was really beautiful. Just very authentic. And it opened up into the street. There was um, tables on the sidewalk. And for me, guys, you've got to understand, aesthetics are like one of my biggest things. I love visually like I you see with your eye you eat with your eyes first and I think that way also of like restaurant decor and the aesthetics of a restaurant not just the way the food looks but it was these beautiful like hand carved wooden tables everywhere with these beautiful colorful manteles and it's called el milagrito and the reason what drew me into this place was not only the aesthetics but the fact that they sell like 30 different types of mezcal and it's like local mezcal. So I went in there 
And they had amazing food. We were so super lucky. We ordered cocktail de camarón, um, tacos de pez, um, que más? Ordenamos unos nachos con black beans. I mean, everything that we ordered was delicious. And I had this tamarindo cocktail that had mezcal in it that was divine. I also ordered a paloma. If you don't know what a paloma is, you need to get on it, especially if you're not into super sweet cocktails and you want a refreshing cocktail that has either tequila or mezcal, a paloma is your way to go. Um, and they had a bomb, like seriously bomb paloma. And then we got to try some mezcal. And my tia Blanca and I were the ones to take the plunge. We got in there. Mezcal is super delicious, guys. It's a different experience than when you drink tequila. To be honest with you, when I drink tequila, it's other than cazadores, I really can't enjoy that many tequilas, not even patron, because to me, it's very harsh. It's very pungent. It's very boom in your face. Whenever you have a mezcal, it, to me, it's very different. It has a bite. Yes. Come on. All liquor is going to have a bite, but when you have mezcal, there's like a smoothness and a taste to it. Um, that comes along with that punch that tastes very satisfying. It's very delicious. Um, and it's something that you can enjoy rather than take as a shot because it is so super strong. It's potent, very highly concentrated. So um, if you are going to try mezcal in Tulum, I highly recommend El Milagrito and um, they will give you a flight of samples as well. So that was pretty awesome. And then we also got slices of naranja con sal de gusano, which was that was a first for me. Sal de gusano was a first, but it was super duper delicious. The naranja accompanied the mezcal very, very perfectly. So I highly recommend El Milagrito in Tulum if you are going to go to a restaurant and you do want some bomb ass mezcal. Um, okay. So anyway, moving on before we move into the adventurous side of Tulum and the most fun part of our trip. I just wanted to mention to you guys that if you are wanting to stay in a house that accommodates, I want to say this house accommodates up to between 10 and like 10 and 14 people. I'm not sure. I really don't remember. Um, but it is called Casa Dallas, D-A-L-L-A-S, like my city. It's called Casa Dallas, and you will find it on Airbnb. They have a five-star rating. It is absolutely amazing. They do have um, a pool, and they have a uh, fleet of six bikes. Yeah, six beach cruiser-style bikes, and I think they're mountain bikes also. There's like three and three or something like that, but they have like beach cruiser-style bikes, and they have mountain bikes. Um that you can use while you're there. It's a three bedroom, three um, bathroom house. Uh, it's beautiful. It's right by the strip. It's literally like you can walk to the main strip of Tulum um, and it's just gorgeous. So if you really want to find an Airbnb that's going to be the best bang for your buck, it's luxury and it's convenience and it's just amazing, then contact Rosa at Airbnb for Casa Dallas. That's the one that you need to look for. Five-star ratings all around. Not just saying it because it's my friend's home. It was amazing. I absolutely loved it. Anyway, moving on. So let's jump into the adventurous side of Tulum because we did want to go to relax on the beach. We wanted to go for the food. We wanted to go for the shopping, for everything, for the vacation side of it. But at the same time, my friend and I, who are constantly trying new things and made a vow to be more adventurous, we were looking for the adventure side of Tulum. And we just decided to do an adventure every single day. And it was awesome. It was one of the best things that we ever decided to do because we basically just kind of opened up a whole nother realm to things that we didn't know we would like to try and continue to do in life anywhere in and everywhere but anyway so the first thing that we did we went to the cenotes um i know you some of you guys have probably heard of it some of you probably haven't basically it's a watering hole that's like an opening to a cave like to an under underground cave system and the water is always super clear, super blue, super beautiful. And there are two things that you can do to the, in the cenotes as far as adventure goes. You can go and swim in cenotes and that's pretty safe. You know, in my opinion, I think it's pretty safe. If you're going to take a toddler, I highly recommend like a life jacket and for you to have your arms around them 
at all times unless they are proficient swimmers or kids that are proficient swimmers. Because one thing about the um, cenotes is that there's a lot of rocks and the rocks are very slippery. And before you know it, you could be on a rock and then you can slip and it plunges like the depth plunges out of nowhere. So it's sort of safe-ish. I get it. Proceed with caution. That's all I got to say. Proceed with caution because if you do decide to venture out to the cenotes, it is amazing. They're beautiful. They're breathtaking. Cenotes are all over the world, but they're very highly known in Quintana Roo, specifically in Tulum, um, because they are some of the most beautiful cenotes in the world. So with that being said, um, on our first day, we decided to go on like a little excursion to Dos Ojos Cenotes. And I'm going to link all of this, uh, all of the locations and everything that I did to my Facebook page for La Charla so that you guys can um, go and and just kind of look through all of these different things that I'm mentioning so that you can get a better feel of what you do and don't want to do when you go on your trip to Tulum. So anyway, we went to Dos Ojos Cenotes and it cost about 25 to $28 for us to do the snorkeling um, cave diving excursion. And I say it was more based on snorkeling, but you are going to get to go through caves. Um, and let me preface this by saying... <laughs> I am claustrophobic. I am a claustrophobic being and I am anxiety stricken. Like I really suffer from anxiety. And for me to have signed up for something that I really didn't know anything about or what I was getting into is usually something that I don't do. But I'm telling you, the adventure book bit us. And we were like, my tia was like, vamos a los cenotes, vamos a snorquear. Y ahí voy yo, sí, vámonos tía, sí, donde firmo. Little did I know I was signing my life away <laughs> for $25. No, I'm just kidding. So anyway, we get there. You know, guys, Dos Ojos is freaking beautiful. You are walking through the jungle, through palmas, through so much greenery, through you're just trekking through the most beautiful parts of Mexico to get to these cenotes. And it's just amazing. It's so, so gorgeous. And so like your adventurous side is going to peak because it is so beautiful and it's so much fun. So anyway, we go through, we get a guided tour of snorkeling and mild minor cave diving through the cenotes and our guide you know preps us you get some foot fins um you get a life jacket you can or can't uh choose to get a life jacket but i highly recommend it because um even if you are an avid swimmer um it's tiring you're going to be on this excursion for an hour to an hour and a half um in water and it's going to be tiring it's going to be taxing on you even if you are one of the you know those people that are just always working out and very healthy and, and you know how to swim y todo eso. It can be taxing on your body after a while. Um, so I highly recommend a life jacket. Um, with that being said, I know how to swim, but I am not a swimmer. And I decided to wear my life jacket. Um, and of course you have your snorkeling, snorkeling gear and you will snorkel through some of the most tightest spaces <laughs> you ever thought of. Like, but it is amazing. Here's my biggest tip. If you are claustrophobic, if you have anxiety, if you deal with any of those issues, do it anyway. This is why. Whenever I would see the caves closing in from the top um, and right above my head to the point where my head was almost touching the tops of these different um, like pieces of cave gosh, I don't even know what they're called. They're like minerals that have formed into different, like they look like icicles coming down off the bottom of the cave. And I'm so mad at myself for not remembering what it's called. But anyway, those were grazing the top of my head. So at many points, I had to just snorkel through. Here's the thing. Once you snorkel and you just keep your head below water, the amount of space beneath you is so grand and vast and open and gorgeous, incredibly stunning. I swear you're looking at Atlantis that you, all of that goes away. The beauty of it, all of that goes away in regards to claustrophobia and anxiety because you are just witnessing some of the most beautiful parts of the earth that not everybody's going to get to witness. So I highly recommend just snorkel all the way through it. You're going to have points where you have to come up so that you can see the, the caves. And I'm telling you, they go from being very, very um, small to where you feel closed in a little, but then they get very grand and open, the caves do. So 
highly recommend it. Um, wear a life jacket if you, especially if you don't know how to swim and just enjoy it. Take it in for all it's, for all it's worth because it's a truly amazing and beautiful experience. So yeah. And then when you get out of there, you can eat, you can hang out then in like massage areas. They have macas, you know, hammocks for you to hang in. It is beautiful. Dos ojos cenotes in Tulum, one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. Then we move on to day two. The next day, we decided to go snorkeling in the ocean. Um, snorkeling in the ocean was a real adventure because to me, I can handle and deal with my anxiety and claustrophobia, but I had I have a huge fear of the open ocean. I've always been that person that I love to sit on the beach and I love to go into the ocean by boat, but I am not that person to be hanging out in the water because <laughs> I respect the ocean. I do. I expect um, tides and currents and sea life and all of those different things. So for me to be bold enough to just put on my life jacket and snorkel out in the ocean was pretty pretty bold of me but I did it and me amiga blanca she did it too and she's not a swimmer guys she doesn't know how to swim so um once we got out there we did have to swim against the current a little bit to get to the coral reef where we needed to be and that was pretty challenging but my swimmer skills um they kicked in and I did pretty good once we got there it was breathtaking it was amazing it was beautiful um it was just a, a great experience um so I highly recommend it. Once again, it was about $28 to do that. It's about an hour to an hour and a half long excursion, but I highly recommend it. Um, would I pick it over going to the cenotes? No, the cenotes was a completely different experience. Like I truly felt connected to nature. And I know that sounds deep and cheesy maybe to some of you, but for me, I was, it was sort of a spiritual connection for me. Um, most of you know that my dad passed away in 2016 and one of the things that he did teach me was how to swim at a very young age and my dad was a really great swimmer like he we spent our summers at the lake as much as we could because he loved to swim we would go to the beach when we were little and my dad would swim and swim against currents I mean he was just a great swimmer and that's one of the biggest things that he left me and that I really cherish and I'm really grateful for so swimming through the caves I felt this spiritual connection to not only like nature, not only like God, but to my dad. I felt like he was with me. So it was so beautiful. And just seeing these wonders was just amazing. And I would do it a thousand times again because it was just beautiful. So if I would have to pick, go to the cenotes, particularly Dos Ojos Cenotes, you will not regret it. Um, moving on. So then we did go to the Mayan ruins. That was amazing. Um, one of the biggest tips that I have for that is you need to take a camera. Oh, and if you do go snorkeling in the cenotes, an underwater camera is a must. I did it and I do not regret it. It was, the footage is just breathtaking. Anyway, moving on to the Mayan ruins. <laughs> um, they were beautiful. You cannot climb them anymore because they're starting to deteriorate, but go out there. If you can have a picnic, it's gorgeous breathtaking and beautiful they do have an area where you can um watch the sea turtles but when we went we didn't get to see any because i think it was not like the season isn't full in full bloom right now for turtles to be hatching and swimming yet or something either where we went before or after the season i don't know but um they do have an area for turtle watching and the ruins are absolutely breathtaking there is beach access from the ruins and i highly recommend that you go to the beach at the ruins because in March, they have a high level of sea kelp being washed onto the shores. There are private beaches that keep the shores very clean. They have someone come and clean all of the seaweed up. I mean, they have trucks. They have people with barrels carrying it off. They clean it daily, and that's why they charge for you to go to those beaches. But the public beaches are not that way. So literally, crystal clear blue water turns brown by the time it gets to the shore and you see mounds and mounds of kelp it is not pleasant when it comes to the smell or to see it so i highly recommend a private beach um, through the mayan ruins 
the, that access is pristine. Guys, it is pristine. And I will post some pictures on my Facebook page and I'll also post some uh, pictures on my Instagram for La Charla PC um, so that you can see how beautiful the water was and the sand, the shore was at the ruins um, in comparison to the public beaches. It's a huge difference. So I highly recommend that you take a loaded camera and access the beach through there because it is worth it. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. You'll see tons of iguanas there too. That was really beautiful. They're just like everywhere, just kicking it, walking around, chilling. So awesome. Um, also at the entrance to the Mayan ruins, there is, uh, a, a, like a, a road that you can walk down and you're going to walk probably about half a mile down that road and you're going to get to a huge market where you can get things to eat. You can take pictures with different Indios that are dressed up in costume. You can see different shows of like aerial acrobats. Um, you can do a lot of shopping. There's a, there's mercados. There's so many photo opportunities, so much to do once you leave, uh, the ruins in that marqueta, in that mercado. It's so amazing. So I highly recommend that you guys do that as well. Um, let's see. Moving on to what we did as far as yoga. Okay. Tulum is one of the biggest destinations for a yogi. They have, um, probably one of the highest numbers of yoga practicing facilities in the world. I'm sure we um, don't have as many as Asian, um, different parts of Asia, but we they do have many, many facilities. It's one of the destinations in the world, one of the top destinations in the world for yoga um, people, you know, yogis, people who practice yoga to go to Tulum to practice yoga at least once. So, of course, my amiga Blanca and I have been getting into yoga more and more, and we really love it. We really appreciate it. It's very, very difficult to practice, to be honest with you, but it's a, it, it just brings you to a greater connection, like I said, with your own self, with spirituality, with nature. It's amazing. So that being said, we decided to... Um, find a place to practice yoga at least once in Tulum. And I ran across a place called Yoga Shala. Now, Yoga Shala is in Boca Paila, which is a strip that runs through, that is in Tulum, but is in the more luxurious area where you're going to see a lot of high-end hotels, high-end bungalows and huts, um, a lot of ocean dining experiences, a lot of high-end shopping, high-end bars, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So Yoga Shala is located out there and we got to practice um, yoga. We wanted to practice on the beach, but the day that we went, they didn't have the beach um, class. They had it in the middle of the jungle, which is a beautiful open air space surrounded by amazing, beautiful greenery in the jungle. And you are on these beautiful decadent like wooden floors practicing yoga in the middle of pra paradise, practically. Um, it's amazing. I'm going to link that also in, <laughs> in our Facebook page and I'll post pictures of what it looks like on our Facebook. Uh, I'm sorry, not my Facebook page, but our Instagram page. So you can see what yoga shala looks like. If in case you are a yogi and you would like to practice yoga in Tulum when you go, because it was an amazing experience. Um, they also have a lot of like, um, healthy fruit, fresh fruit bars, like different places for you to eat healthy meals. You just walk up or bike up and you're in the open air in the middle of the jungle or next to the beach experiencing all of these beautiful foods and just the vibes, the vibes of being close to nature in Tulum. So I highly recommend Yoga Shala. Um, Boca Paila is one thing that I wanted to talk about before we get into uh, more adventure-seeking uh, things to do in Quintana Roo. But um, before we get to that, Boca Paila is the area where you're going to find a lot of yoga facilities. And like I said, all the high-end parts of Tulum. But it is also where you are going to experience some really awesome nightlife. Um, the day before we came back, uh, to the States, we wanted to just have a night out and just have some fun and, you know, just kind of relax and, and just 
go with the flow. So we decided to go back to Boca Paila and it was one of the best things that I ever decided to do because we were just, you just walk, there's so, oh my gosh, it's like miles and miles and miles of shops and bars and restaurants and clubs and just shopping and everything that's just so Tulum that we didn't even know where to begin. So we finally decided to stop because guys, the beauty of this whole area is just, oh, it's over the top. Imagine going down a road of huge plants and greenery and palm trees, the greenest, most vast, like, uh, beauty that you would ever experience and twinkle lights at night, like tons of white twinkle lights everywhere, just romantic vibes, you know, and candlelight and just, just this beautiful, like, I don't know star-stricken ambiance that's just Tulum nightlife. So we finally decided to park and we start walking and we're looking at shops. You know, I get a coffee. I get an iced coffee. I know it's like seven o'clock at night, but I don't care. I want an iced coffee. We're walking around and we walk up to this area that's now a plaza. It was a new plaza that they were open. It's a placita. It's not a plaza, but it's a placita. And there's like a beach bar right in right behind this plaza that you walk through. Well, we walked up and it's like the soft opening for this plaza. So we walk up and there's a girl with a clipboard. She's like, hey, do you guys want to come in? This plaza is brand new. This is like uh, the soft opening. And we're like, yeah, like we thought there was going to be a cover charge. On this night, my mom no fue porque se quería quedar a descansar en la casa. And then my baby bear, you know, it was past his bedtime. So we left him at the house with my mom. So it was me my tia, my tío, my husband, and um, mi primita, and then, you know, my partner in crime, Blanca. So we're like, okay, let's go have some drinks. Let's go do something. Let's, you know, have fun. And the girl at the entrance, she's like, it doesn't cost anything. It's no cover. And we're like, oh, okay. So we didn't really, you know, we're like, oh, let's go see what it is, whatever. It's probably just a plaza of shops or whatever. Guys, we were so wrong. It was basically a live band an amazing live band. I mean, it was like Los Enanitos Verdes and Mana had a baby and it was this band. It was so like Tulum beach vibes. No joke. There were people in there barefoot because it was all sand, palm trees. Um, like I said, twinkle lights. There was an open bar, open bar guys, unlimited, complimentary, open bar. There was a mezcal bar, complimentary as well. There was a um, no limit, complimentary, fresh taco bar. They had like bistec trompos. Guys, this place was legit. I mean, we just happened to stumble across it and it was freaking amazing. We were like hashtag winning. No joke. We went in there. We had a blast. We tried all these different drinks. We had the taco buffet, whatever, with Fresh tacos de bistec, cilantro, con todo lo que te imaginas. Awesome music. We got to try some more mezcal. And we also got to see this beautiful um, ceremony performed by the indios that are there. And it's usually like a, well, this is what we learned, that it's like an opening blessing, like an opening ceremony type of blessing for a new establishment. And it was amazing we danced, we ate, we drank, we took pictures and selfies y por acá y por allá y tuvimos un tiempo, pero super super increíble. So I highly recommend guys go to the plaza. I don't know if they're going to have anything else like that. I think like we totally just got lucky, but that plaza was super fun and right behind it there's like a a, a beach bar that you can also, you know, go to because it's just amazing. You got to try it at least once. Okay. So I know a lot of you are probably asking about where can I go to get a bang for my buck if I'm like the super adventurous kind. So I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, I'll tell you about all of the adventure parks in Quintana Roo, um, specifically close to Tulum, not too far from Tulum. And we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
Okay, guys. So I'm going to start talking to you about the adventure parks that are well known in Quintana Roo. Um, specifically, I don't know about all of them, but I know there's three that are really, really popular. Escaret, Shelha, and Explore. Okay. So I got the rundown from my tia because my tia has been to every single adventure park there. She's been to Cancun and Playa and Cozumel and Tulum. She's been to these places several, several times. So I really sat down and asked her, I said, tia, should I go to an adventure park or should I do different things? Um, like piece them out through the day, through each day, sorry, through each day of my stay. She highly recommended. She's like, I would piece everything out a little bit each day. Because you're not going to spend one whole entire day in one place. Um, but if you want to do that, if you want to do everything adventurous, everything outdoors in one day, then I do highly recommend for you to go to an adventure park. So needless to say, we chose to opt out of the adventure parks because they had already been. Um, my friend Blanca had already been to Escaret. And then my mom and I were more about thinking about Logan because we're like, okay, I'm not going to spend all this money if it's going to be very limited to what my toddler can and can't do. So with that being said, if you are traveling with a group of friends, with family and kids that are, you know, a little bigger, not necessarily a toddler or a baby, I recommend that you go to an adventure park because you're going to pay a about $90 per person and you're going to get a wristband. You're going to be able to leave and return to the park as much as you want throughout that day. And your food buffet is going to be included. I don't know if they include cocktails like beverages. I think they do. I think it's very limited to what you can consume, but they do include a few cocktails in it. Um, and then you get to eat from a buffet of food. Um, there are extra activities that you can do in it at an adventure park like dolphin swimming, parasailing, things of that nature that aren't included that you have to pay extra for. But the adventures that are included, like access to all of the water parks, the cenotes that are in those parks, um, zip lining through the water, all of that stuff is included. So if you are the adventurous kind or you have an older group of kids, teenagers and adults going, I recommend it. If you are with a toddler or baby, I don't recommend that you do the adventure parks. Um, Escare and Selha are kind of the same from what I talked to or discussed with my aunt. Um, they're kind of the same. They have cenotes, they have, you know, playas and all of that stuff. The explore park is different. That's more for the adventure seeker. It's like nonstop zip lining all the time. So if you want to do extreme adventure, go to explore. If you want to do stuff that's more chill with a little bit of fun, a little bit of adventure, then I recommend you do Escare or Selja. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, one of the biggest things I had to mention to you guys also, if you go in the spring, the water is freezing. <laughs> it is super, super cold. We jumped in the pool at our Airbnb. It was really cold. And then um, when I went to the cenotes, it was even colder. It was 24 degrees when we got into the water. So if you are ready for adventure, but you would like to wear a wetsuit, highly recommend that you go with the wetsuit. I did not. I just did my life vest. But if you think that the water, is, you're not going to temper, be able to temper your body, to the water um, as easily, then I recommend that you go with the wetsuit. But guys, the more movement, the more flapping, the more swimming you do underwater, that's going to help regulate your temperature. So just keep that in mind. Yes, the ocean water was super, super cold as well if you go in March. So yeah. Well, guys, that's it. That brings us to the end of another bocadillo. This was more of like a full episode because my bocadillos siempre son como de 20 minutos. But anyway, I hope that you guys found a lot of useful information in this um, episode of La Charla about our travel tips to Tulum. And I will be posting all of the links for the different things that we did in our Facebook page for La Charla. Find us there or our um, different photos that we took in Tulum at La Charla PC on Instagram. If you have any questions or comments or just want to reach out to us, please go ahead and find us at La Charla PC at gmail.com, La Charla Podcast at gmail.com. And also do not forget to rate us and leave us a review on iTunes. 
Because the more that you review us, the more that you rate us, hopefully we'll be on the front page of the new and noteworthy section. So until then, give you la charla.